today on The Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. As part of some administrative changes in Ottawa, the Prime Minister has put together a National Security Council. It's a new cabinet committee. Here to offer his insights on this and a few other items is Michael Kempa, Associate Professor of Criminology at the University of Ottawa. Welcome and uh, thank you for joining us, Michael. Thank you, Shona. Okay, so a National Security Council. What is it and what is it for? Do we know yet? Well, there have been scant on details coming from the Prime Minister, but we do know we're talking about a special committee at the cabinet level, the federal cabinet level, and they're saying it's going to be a space for, and they use the word deliberation, around issues of national security, both domestic and international. I like that word deliberation because it sounds like we're talking about a space where ministers are free to disagree and offer different opinions and different counsel for the prime minister in proactively shaping decisions around national security. It's not the same as saying a forum for discussion. For example, that could be just the prime minister informing his cabinet ministers about what's already been decided. Well, that's interesting because I had a slightly different take. Maybe mine is, um, well, I'm really good at sarcasm. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, I I was wondering if deliberate on and address issues of pressing concern was a way of making it seem like they're doing something while really just delaying. And I take your point. There's tons of that, isn't there, uh, in government where... We take symbolic steps where people are worried about certain issues. Obviously, we've got major Canadian concern around foreign interference at this time. We still haven't resolved what we're doing and how we're going to go about an inquiry into these matters, having kicked the can down the road with a number of other efforts with a special rapporteur and other means. So I do take that point. For me, it's all about, okay, it's great that they've decided to do this. But will it be resourced and what's going to happen with it? The big thing we need to see, and it's something we haven't seen in government for almost two decades, is, is this a forum where ministers will become more relevant? And what I mean by that is most people realize that the prime minister's office, the PMO, has becoming more powerful ever since the days of Pierre Elliott Trudeau. To the point that as we progress through liberal and conservative governments, cabinet ministers, almost as important as ordinary backbenchers used to be a generation ago. They're far less influential with the PMO calling the shots in almost all cases. If this forum becomes something where ministers can actually exert influence and critically push the prime minister and the PMO a little bit, that would serve the national interest. It breaks down what very famous academic Donald Savoie calls the court system of government, almost like a king court where the PMO calls all the shots. We don't want any more of that. Well, one of the questions that I had when I first heard about this, and, you know, as you've mentioned, we don't really have a, a good definition about what this National Security Council is going to be. But I, I'm curious as to how open it's going to be, how much we're going to know about what is discussed uh, and what they're dealing with, um, especially when it comes to issues like foreign interference, because we've already heard that a lot of Uh, the investigation into foreign interference, and I'm thinking predominantly of Chinese interference, um, they've said we can't really know a lot about that because so much of it is is, uh, classified. Well, it will be opaque 
for sure. I mean, if we look at just the last few months of how all of these different agencies have operated, the main special uh, parliamentary committee, NSICOP, National Security and Intelligence Committee of Parliamentarians, it was established in 2017. It has liberals, conservatives, NDP, lockists on it and so forth, are there to interrogate precisely these questions. And they themselves have been saying, we are not getting the information from the federal cabinet and PMO that we are legally entitled to. So if somebody like NSICOP, the main agency that's supposed to be doing this work, can't get the information, I'm very skeptical that Canadians will get much light uh, shining out of this new cabinet committee on national security. One hope I do have is that that ministerial body now will take the reports of NSICOP, actually read them, and do something with them. Because that's also been one of the major complaints of NSICOP, is they've been producing all of these reports for government, highlighting these very same concerns around ideological extremism in Canada, around foreign interference, most especially um, the Chinese communist government. Uh, and very little to nothing has been done with any of those recommendations. So if we've got a cabinet committee, the first thing they could do is be the body that's responsible for reading NSICOP's reports and putting out written responses for what they intend to do at a cabinet federal government level with those recommendations coming from NSICOP. Well, one of the other thoughts I, I had, and again, you know, we don't really have um, a good definition of what the National Security Council is going to do. But I'm wondering if this creation of this um, this um, cabinet committee is a way of deflecting or delaying a commons committee or a public inquiry on, on Chinese interference. I understand that critique there in that because there's been so much delay and partisan politics around the question of inquiry and getting to the bottom of things, it now seems that any initiative might be another delay tactic. I would just say that recommendations for a cabinet committee like this have been kicking around for nearly 10 years, and it is something that most experts in national security at the academic level and also former directors of CSIS have been calling for. So I take your point. I would say perhaps the fact that we're acting on it right now is a little bit of a political tactic. But overall, it's still a good idea. We should have done it 10 years ago. Uh, we're speaking with Michael Kempa, who is an associate professor of criminology at the University of Ottawa. Uh, with all of the stories around Chinese interference in Canada, intimidation of politicians, etc., uh, one of the recurring themes was a lack of communication between agencies and particularly the politicians involved and their families. Does another committee, another layer, another uh, group, um, does that help with the communication or is it going to make it worse? So that's the idea, is that it would help in that this federal committee would go after information and ideally proactively being asking questions um, of the security committees and agencies, including CSIS. What are the threats? Do we have any people that need to be informed of anything in Parliament? And in that way, being almost like a voice of parliamentarians linking up with the security agencies. Uh, while we have you on the line and because of your expertise, I wanted to talk to you a bit about the cabinet overhaul that occurred last week. And we have a new person in charge of the public safety ministry, Dominic LeBlanc. Um, and he has uh, he's got quite a job ahead of him. There are a number of hot potatoes that, uh, well, cost Marco Mendicino the gig. 
Absolutely. Public safety is the key. That and along obviously with housing and the, the major economic files are the portfolio that are going to determine the successes versus failures of the Liberal government and when and when when and where we'll be going to election uh, in the future. RCMP reform, CSIS and intelligence improvements, communication across with RCMP and government, uh, abuse of authority in uh, CBSA, Border Services Agency, and problems with that organization. I mean, every single one of these major institutions requires major overhaul and the buck stops in each case with that public safety minister. And I would say if there's one who uh, would likely be equipped to handle these, it would be Dominic Leblanc because he's got the background uh, with certain policing and intelligence issues. Um, but uh, there's always there's always the hope that we'll have success, but many ministers have failed to implement reforms or carry about reforms before Mr. Leblanc. Well, one of the other things that people are seeing as um, as a good thing with Dominic LeBlanc taking over, um, he is a better communicator than Marco Mendicino was. And I think we saw that uh, very clearly during the whole Bernardo fiasco of uh, being sh- shifted from maximum to medium security. Well, I would agree with that. And I would also say that in that court system of government that I was just speaking about, very often ministers are not given the latitude to speak uh, from unscripted notes that come from the prime minister's office on their files. Uh, I would very much prefer, and, and many would, that we get back to a situation almost like it was in the 1950s and 60s, where powerful ministers who have the capacity to do so are allowed to speak on behalf of their own portfolios without flying the flag uh, up the flagpole of the PMO to clear their messaging in advance. Well, with this uh, major overhaul of cabinet, um, I'm wondering if part of the uh, reason for putting somebody like LeBlanc in this very high profile, very important ministry um, is that they are trying to shore up as much as they can and uh, and put the proper people in the proper ministerial positions to really carry this government into the next election, which is still a while's uh, a way out. But you still want those strong people in those key jobs. Absolutely, everything I think will be determined this fall in terms of when we end up going to the polls um, with all these hot potato files, as you say. So, what happens with an inquiry into foreign interference, most especially the Chinese state? What happens? Does Canada go into recession or do we have the soft landing and therefore uh, we start tuning down our interest rates again? What happens with RCMP and other hot potato issues? If things go well for the government and they get a little bit of luck and they get a bounce in the polls, we might end up with an election earlier. If things continue to look as rocky as they have over the last six months, uh, we'll we'll wind down the clock probably until the end of the um, agreement with the NDP in 2025. Well, and will all be determined this fall. And that is always the advantage of government because they get to choose when the election is coming in so they can hopefully choose a time frame that is a little bit better for their interests. Well, they're not meant to be playing that game anymore with the Certainty in Elections Act. We have those set time frames, but with minority government, it's certainly much easier to play these types of games. Michael, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you kindly. Michael Kempa is Associate Professor of Criminology at the University of Ottawa. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.